You are listening to audio from Harvest Church, located in Fogelsville, Pennsylvania. We are so glad you are joining us today. If you would like to know more about Harvest Church, connect with us online at myharvestchurch.com. And now for today's sermon. As I mentioned, it's just such an honor and privilege to have Pastor Steve Dufresne bringing the word this morning. Uh, you know, just uh, uh, earlier this week, I uh, had been battling pneumonia, and I remember, you know, looking to my wife, and I said, you know, I, I get, I get, um, I get, you know, short, I get short of, of breath, and um, I came to realize that that actually might be a blessing for our church, <laughs> if you've heard me preach before. But um, when I was talking to my wife, I said, you know, I, I really, I don't want, you know, there's the A team, and then there's the B team. I said, I, I want somebody who can really really preach, really do good. And, and she said, what about Pastor Steve Dufresne? I'm like, honey, it's Christmas Eve. There is no way that he is going to be available. And so I reached out to Pastor Steve and he said, yeah. And that just blew my mind. So would you make our guest speaker feel welcome this morning? Pastor Steve Dufresne, such an honor having you here. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Well, good morning, Harvest Church. Hey, these are exciting times for this place, huh? You got 14 acres of land. I mean, God is moving. And uh, what we know is this. The gates of hell cannot stop the church. So we know that. But we do know that the enemy, and if you read in Nehemiah and Ezra and all that, we know that there was an enemy that tried to frustrate, tried to discourage, tried to slow things down. And uh, so as we go into 2024, here's, I need a few more of you to step up and cover this family in prayer. Because the enemy is going to try everything to try to discourage them and slow them down. Now here's the good news. Prayer does something powerful in the heavenly realms. And the Bible says right after that, here's the plan of the enemy to frustrate, to discourage, to wear down. But then you go down a little bit further and it says this, God frustrated all their plans. So that's how it works in prayer, right? So these are days of victory, but we don't, hey, we don't battle alone. And no one gets to where God wants them to be by themselves. We're in this together. So Merry Christmas. So glad that you're here. Today I want to talk about waiting on God. Just for a few moments I want to talk about waiting on God. You know, well, the one reoccurring theme in the Bible is wait on the Lord. And here's just a few verses that you're aware of. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits and in his word, I put my hope. I wait on the Lord. Now, kids all around the world today, you know, this is the longest waiting night of the year. <laughs> and uh, I can remember when I was a kid, because my parents, there was eight of us, and so, you know, we didn't do a lot of vacations and stuff like that, but my parents went all out on Christmas, and it was like torture, because I had two other brothers, and all three of us we're lined up in one room with three twin beds, and we could not sleep on, on Christmas Eve. And so f someone gave this suggestion, you know, do your best today to wear the kids out. And I know it's rainy, but hopefully we'll get a break in here. Take them on a hike, do something, work them to death, right? And, and, and then, uh, you know, and then maybe let them open up one present, but make sure it's the Christmas PJs. And then read them a story, but not the Christmas story. And hopefully they'll fall to sleep. And they'll sleep like they normally sleep instead of getting up at 5 o'clock, you know, in the morning. But let's face it, adults, we're not good at waiting either. 
you know, we hate standing in line, right? We hate when there's a line in the traffic. We just, uh, in fact, we hate waiting to buy stuff, so we use our credit cards. Come on now, am I preaching? <laughs> and, uh, and we're kind of short and impatient when we're waiting for someone to return our phone call, our text, or our emails, right? I mean, I sent out a blast of emails, you know, and all week, all week long I was just waiting to get responses back from those emails. We hate waiting for things. And one thing is certain, life is filled with waiting moments, and we're not good at it. So not good at it. The song by Queen is more our style. I want it all. I want it all. I want it all. And I want it now. Have you ever received an early Christmas present and somebody put the, the, the label on there, wait, don't open till Christmas? Now, there's two kind of personalities in this room, and some of you are like, that's just expectation for you. You love that kind of stuff. And then there's others like us that are frustrated, and we're not even going to listen to the note. We're going to open it up now. That's the lifestyle, right? Years ago, I was, uh, I was in a conversation with some of my young staff, and, uh, and they were talking about how they proposed. And uh, the one guy was talking about how he went to New York, and they went to Central Park, and they got on a horse-drawn carriage, and then they proposed. And, and they didn't know this, but the more they were talking, the worse I felt about myself. I kind of felt lousy because the truth of the matter is I got Liz a real small ring, and she paid for it herself with an inheritance that she got. So you can see why I felt bad. But I started to hatch a plan, and I thought, you know, I got to do better, you know. And so I went out, and I bought her a brand-new ring. And it was in May, and our anniversary is in January, so I'm going to buy this ring, I'm going to wait, I'm going to give it to her to January. But we're not good at waiting, right? So that night, <laughs> that night, I bought a rose, and I put the rose and the ring on her pillow. We're not good at waiting. We're kind of bad at waiting, right? Now, there's a part of the Bible story that kind of gives us an, uh, implies to us how we should be waiting. In Luke chapter 2, verse 25 through 32, and I'll read it for you. You can follow along. It says, At that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout, and he was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and revealed to him, I love this part here, that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the, Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all your people. He's the light to reveal God to the nations, and he's the glory of all your people. You know, I love this part of the story, even though it's eight days after the birth of Christ. Joseph and Mary are taking Jesus to the temple to, for all the uh, laws, the rites, the, and then to be circumcised. And at that same moment, God prompted a guy named Simeon to go to the temple at that moment. And in fact, God spoke to him years earlier, you will not die until you have seen the Messiah with your own eyes. Wouldn't you like to have been Simeon? With your own eyes. And so Simeon goes and and, and for, for a long time, we don't know how long. The Bible doesn't tell us how long, how many years, how many months. We just know that he was eagerly waiting for the Messiah. And he wasn't passively waiting. He was, the Bible says he was devoted to God. He loved God. He 
faithfully attended temple. He lived his daily life in anticipation. He was not frustrated. He was not discouraged. I don't see that in here, but he lived every day faithfully devoted to God and eagerly waiting for God to fulfill his promise to him. And the waiting paid off. Waiting always pays off. He entered the temple at just the right time, at the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and God allowed him to touch and see the Messiah for himself. He got to experience what we call a God moment. I love those God moments. A God moment in his life. And then he said, now, he said, I can die in peace. The promise has been fulfilled, and I have seen God's salvation. I can tell you right now, I don't know what you're waiting for with the Lord today, but it will be worth it. It will be worth it all. When it is fulfilled and comes to pass and you see it, you touch it with your own eyes and you, and, you, and you feel it with your own hands and you're experiencing that moment with God, it will be worth it all. Now, the beauty is we no longer are waiting for the promised Messiah. We're celebrating the birth of Christ today. He came. He came as our Savior. And all we have to do is receive this incredible gift. It's freely given to you today. And receive the gift of Christ in your life. But after that, we step back into seasons because we become people of waiting. Maybe you're waiting for promotion on the job. Maybe you're waiting for some promise that God has spoken to you to be fulfilled in your life. Maybe you're waiting for your son or your daughter to return and to come back to faith. Maybe you're waiting for an answer to a prayer you've been praying over and over again, waiting for God to heal or restore maybe a broken relationship that's in your life, waiting, and we're waiting for Jesus to return. We are people of waiting, not for the Messiah because we, we have him and he dwells in our hearts and he dwells in our lives. But there's other things that we're waiting for. We are people that are still called to wait for God to come through for us in different seasons of our life. So how should we wait? Well, we know because the Bible says Simeon, he was devout and righteous and he was eagerly waiting. Now, I need help for that because I don't eagerly wait sometimes. I get impatient sometimes. I was in one of those waiting seasons at, at Morningstar when I pastored. I pastored it for 38 years, and, and I was in one of those waiting seasons. There was plenty of those waiting seasons, right? God speaks. God shows you things. You get excited. You share it with the leadership. You share it with the church, and then you wait. You wait. And I was in one of those waiting seasons, waiting for God just to fulfill what I, believe, I believed He wanted to do at the church. And at that moment on Spotify came a song, While I'm Waiting. In fact, I decided to make that my ringtone. And sometimes if I forgot to silence my phone when I went into a staff meeting, somebody would call, the ringtone would go off, and my staff would begin to mock me by wait, raving their hands, I'm waiting, <laughs> waiting on the Lord. And it was okay with me because it spoke to me. Every time that phone rang, that's right, I'm waiting. I'm eagerly waiting. I'm believing God. I'm trusting God. He's going to come through. And, and here's what the course said and what spoke to me most. It says, while I'm waiting, I will serve you. While I'm waiting, I will worship like we did today. While I'm waiting, I will not faint. I'll be running the race even while I wait. See, I needed that, that encouragement. God, I'm waiting. Yes, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to keep doing what I know to do right every single day. I'm going to get up and I'm going to wait for you with eagerness. I'm going to run the race while I wait. So how should we wait as a church? We should keep serving him. We should keep worshiping him. We should not faint because the Bible says, don't grow weary in well-doing. Because you will reap a harvest if you don't faint, you don't quit. Keep going forward. Did you know that God is waiting on you too? He never asks us to do what he's not willing to do himself. 
God is waiting on you. And here's what he said in Isaiah 30, verse 18. He said, yet the Lord still waits for you to come to him so he can show you his love. He waits for you. Maybe you're here today and you came just to be polite and kind to your family. You know that that's what they do on Christmas Eve and you just joined them and you came, you willingly came, but you're not here by accident. You're here again today on this Christmas Eve because God wants you to know again that he is waiting for you. He's waiting so that he can show you his love. Another version says, God's not finished. He's not finished in your life. He's waiting around to be gracious to you. He's waiting around for you to take the next step and just say, here I am, God, bring it on. All that you have, be gracious, show your grace, pour out your grace upon my life. Did you know that God, did you know that God was waiting on you before that verse today? He's waiting on you. He's waiting for you to shift your attention to him. Now I'm speaking to the house. I'm speaking to those that are already following Christ as well. He's waiting for you to shift your focus because maybe it's been months, maybe it's been a few years and you kind of pushed that promise aside that you felt like God gave you. You kind of been discouraged. You know, when I was, uh, uh, this has been years ago, but I lost my brother at 38 years of age. He battled for two years of brain tumor. He loved Jesus. Every time we saw him, we laid hands on him. I just believed God was going to turn it around. I mean, he was such a strong guy. He was bigger than me stronger than me, and he would, he would have his treatments, he would go to work, and I just kept believing God, and after a two-year battle, he passed away. And I went through a season where I'm like, I'm not praying for anybody else to get healed. I'm just not going to do it. And then God spoke to me and said, keep doing it, even though you don't understand all my ways. And one day I was driving down through a town to pick up my sons at school, and this song came on the radio. Never heard it before that moment. And it says, I know the peace giver, I know him by name. I was struggling with my brother, and I said, yes, I know the peace giver. He's still giving his peace. He's still giving his joy. Even though I understand this waiting period, he's, and maybe you're in this waiting period in your life again, you're, and, and he's just simply saying to you, shift your attention, shift your focus, believe again, step into faith again, shake off that doubt and that unbelief again. He's saying, waiting, return to the promise that I've spoken to you, and keep believing me that I'm going to bring it to pass. Elevation has a new song, and, and maybe you heard it more. He's more than able. And every time that song comes on, every once in a while in my office, up, I'll say, uh, you know, Alexa, put on Elevation Worship, and, and I'm get busy in my job, and all of a sudden this song comes on, i got to stop, i got to raise my hands, because I know he's speaking to this guy here who has a difficult time waiting on the Lord. And the first verse goes like this, and the only verse I want you to remember today. When did I start to forget all the great things he did? When did I throw away faith for the impossible? How did I start to believe you weren't sufficient for me? Why do I talk myself out of seeing miracles? So he's saying to us today, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to shift your attention again. I'm waiting for you to step back into this place of confidence in me alone because I still do miracles. I still heal sick bodies. I still restore broken relationships. So this Christmas Eve, I'm encouraging you and I'm asking you to. He's waiting on you. He's not done with your life. The story's not over. He's not done writing the story of your life. He wants you to shift your focus and your attention on him on this Christmas Eve and once again believe him for the impossible in your life. In spite of what has happened, in spite of what has broken down your faith and brought you to a place of to be where you're cynical and you're doubtful, he's saying to you, hope once again. This Christmas Eve, he wants us to return to him. 
whether we're a follower of his or whether we become a follower of his today. He wants you just to return. And I love that word return because it's another word called repentance. And that's all repentance is. And sometimes as believers, we need to repent as well and just turn, return, turn our focus on him, shift our attention on him and say, God, I believe that what you promised and what you said will come to pass. Even though it's been months or maybe even years, I still believe as long as I have breath, you have planned for my life and your promise will come to pass. This Christmas Eve, I'm returning to you. And I once again want to be even like Simeon, who was eagerly waiting the promise of God, righteous, devoted, and eagerly waiting, waiting for the Lord. But God is not finished. He's waiting around to be gracious to you. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you hope. He wants to give you forgiveness. He wants to give you healing. He wants to heal your broken heart, and he wants to give you freedom. He's just waiting for you so that he can be gracious to you again. So simply say, Lord, on this Christmas Eve, I'm going to come and receive the gifts that all you can give and that money can't buy. Can't buy your salvation. Can't buy your freedom. Can't buy your peace. Can't buy your joy. But he wants to give you those gifts today. So will you stand with me with our heads bowed and our eyes closed in this moment? And can we take a moment, those of us as believers, and begin to intercede for those that are making a decision today? All the worship, all the Christmas music, the sweet kids, all that's taking place. And now he's saying, I'm just waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to shift your attention to me. I'm waiting for you to just say, here I am. I open up my life to you. I open up my heart to you. As her heads are bowed and her eyes are closed and we're praying, we're interceding. And you're here today, all over this place, I'm going to ask you if this is your moment in time and you know it's your moment, your heart's pounding and you just know that you need to do the right thing today. So in this moment, would you just quickly slip your hand and say, Pastor, remember me in prayer today. Just quickly slip it up without hesitation. Just say, today's my day. I'm going to return to him. I'm going to turn to him. I'm going to shift my focus on him. And I'm going to open up my life and open up my heart to receive all he wants to do in my life today. And trust me, he will bring you forgiveness. We've all gone astray. We are all sinners. We don't deserve anything but punishment and judgment. But he's coming today to offer us forgiveness, healing, restoration, salvation, rescue, whatever word you want to use, he's offering that to you today. If you're here today, just simply raise your hand and say, Pastor, today's my day. I'm going to receive the gift that Jesus is giving me. Say this with me. Let's just pray out loud. Say, Jesus, in this moment, I simply come to you. I know I'm not worthy. And I know I'm lost without you. But today I come and I return to you. And I ask you to step into my life. Bring in your salvation. Bring in your forgiveness. Bring in your peace. I know you've been waiting on me. So today I come so you can be gracious to me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
This has been an audio recording from Harvest Church. If you'd like to know more about Harvest Church or get connected, please visit us online at myharvestchurch.com or email us at info at myharvestchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.